This episode is sponsored by Better Help. What is the first thing that you would do if you had an extra hour in your life? Oh, the first thing I just thought was, oh, I'm going to need more than an hour to fit that stuff in. But I, the fact is, a lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. I know that is for me. That's a big thing, uh, especially as you get older. <laughs> um, and the question, you know, time for what? What would you do? Would it actually make you feel better? What is it that you feel you're missing? In order, you know, that that would make it better. Um, and and one of the ways to sort of help figure out that out is, is therapy. It can help you find out what matters most to you so you can do more of it or focus on what it is that you're spending your time on that, that maybe isn't giving you that that sort of fulfilling experience. Um, and it's interesting because a lot of times people talk about therapy or they talk about mental health or it's about uh, trauma or it is about, you know, like like a, a great amount of pain or anything. And those things are all very valid and everything. But also, you know, in some ways there's stumbling blocks. Uh, there is sort of a, a, something indefinable that you're having a hard time getting to that maybe is stopping you from feeling as confident as you can, as good as you can. And, you know, therapy uh, is, is one way to go after that. If you are thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It is entirely online, is designed to, be, designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. You fill out a brief questionnaire, you'll get matched with a licensed therapist. You may switch therapists at any time you like for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today to get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This is iFanboy Special Edition, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Fanboy Special Edition, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. My name is Connor Kilpatrick, and I'm here with Josh Flanagan. Hello there. And the Internet's Paul Montgomery. Hello, the Internet. And we're here to talk about a Marvel Studios film that came out a while ago. When did it come out? Yeah. I don't I even mean, know. Do you have a concept of time anymore? Well, I just asked you guys earlier what month it was. I'm so assume, I assume it came out... came out on September 3rd in the United States. Oh, I was going to say late right. summer. I think that counts. So we would have liked to have seen it in theaters. Many people did see it in theaters, but we didn't. And so we're talking about it as it's now on Disney Plus available for watching. If you have Disney Plus, if you have not seen it, it's there. With the IMAX. Did you watch it in that format? Yeah, on Disney Plus with the IMAX. Viewer. Certified, whatever. Did you watch it that way, Josh? No, I watched it on my, my computer monitor in my office. No, I mean, did you watch but they have the IMAX version on the screen? Did you I watch that way? I don't think so, but I don't know. I didn't do anything to make that happen, and I didn't notice anything in it. I think it just automatically Well, like, I watched The Dark Knight, you know, where it's some of it's shot in IMAX, none of it isn't, and the aspect ratio changes on the TV. Yes. I didn't see anything like that or notice, like, oh, this looks different. It's not like that where it switches aspect ratio. It's pretty Mm -hmm. much just an overall bigger screen. Yeah. We went to Letterboxd, and now we're inching our way back. But let's talk about the film. It was directed by Dustin Daniel Cretton, written by a lot of people. The guy who wrote the Doom movie. 
Dune or Doom? Doom. 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 Dune. Not <laughs> Denis Villeneuve. He didn't write this? Nope. Starring Simu Liu as Shang-Chi. And by the way, my entire comic reading life, it was Shang-Chi. And mm. then the lead up to this film, people were like, no, 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 it's not Shang-Chi. It's Shang-Chi. And those people were also wrong. It's, it's Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi. Just FYI. You just call him Sean. Every time I say the name, I have to, in my head, say something else first in my head to make it happen. Anyway, Aquafina and Michelle Yeoh and a lot of people who we'll get to as we talk about this in the adventures of Shang-Chi. And spoiler warning, we'll have to talk about the film to, spo- to talk about it. Uh, we haven't done this in a long time. We're so fucking rusty. Let's talk about it. So what did you guys think overall of your experience watching Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings? Did you enjoy it? Did you have fun? Was it enjoyable? I thought it was fun and charming. Felt a little bit small coming off of things like Endgame, which things will tend to do. Though I don't have – I was thinking about this before we started recording. Mm -hmm. I don't have a great sense of who Shang-Chi is as a character, as a person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like if you asked me to describe Tony Stark, I could say he's arrogant but charming. Right. Shang-Chi, he seems like a nice dude. He's just a what? dude. Just like karaoke. But I don't have a, a great sense of, of his character other than that he is heroic and maybe a little bit unassuming. Josh and I have read some of the, sh- the recent Shang-Chi comics that uh, Gene Lu and Yang has written, and they've been a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In my childhood, he would appear, but I never like read Shang-Chi comics. Mm-hmm. But he, he would appear in stories, so I didn't really know him as a character very much before the, the modern comics I've been reading. And it seems like his story is one that was only very kind of briefly touched on here, but not really, is that his dad was a bastard criminal, and he he has been in line to take the throne of that bastard criminaldom, and he fights against that. It's not really what happened in this movie, but that seems to be the story, at least I that I've read of Shang-Chi in the comics. Josh, what did you think of the movie overall? Overall, I thought it was fun. I like a kung fu movie, mm-hmm. although... I feel like sometimes maybe it needs to be westernized a little for me. And this had that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas Paul said it was a small movie, and I, I think that that worked for it to a certain extent. I do, however, I very much agree with, you know, what he said, like his character wasn't very well formed. If you look at those Jin Lun Yang books that have been coming yeah. out, it's pretty clear who he is. And he's hiding from it to a certain extent. And almost the same thing is happening here. But... The switch between guy who parked cars Mm -hmm. and guy who could beat everybody's ass was instant. Yeah. And then he would just switch back. So there wasn't struggle involved with it or change or metamorphosis. And it's a really good point. Like, I kind of didn't realize because he's fine. He's charming. You watched, like, he beat things up. He's very nice. It's like, I think we like Simu Liu. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's super I don't, fun to hang out with. Yeah, I mean, overall, I, I think I have the same reaction you guys did. I thought it was really fun. I think it suffered from the same problem a lot of these superhero movies suffered from, is that the third act just becomes a giant CGI fight fest. Well, I mean, if there was ever going to be one that had this, though, it's this. This one did it better than others, but still, you know, and there's another movie we're going to talk about on another show that suffered from it really badly. But, you know, a lot of these films take you through an interesting character journey through most of it, and then at the end of it, it's like, well, they got to fight a bunch of CG monsters. Let's just dive into it, because what I have to say is, is related to the details, is that, so Shang-Chi is a valet with his best friend, Aquafina, Katie. They park cars, and they have no ambition in life. 
They just get drunk and do karaoke, and then they park cars. And then he, his past comes back to him where his father is a thousand-year-old. He's the Mandarin, which is not in the comics. In the comics, his father is Fu Manchu. Which they don't have the rights to and also is offensive. Yeah. His father's the Mandarin, and he's being called back into the life. I thought the drama with his father was great. I thought the guy playing the father, who was a famous Tony actor Lung. in China, was incredibly good. And made me feel like this guy is a bastard, but also somewhat sympathetic, which makes yeah. villains always more interesting. So I thought that part was great. And the battle against his people, including Razor Fist, was fun. And then it just, for me, I was like, I got less interested in the dragon battles. Although, like you said, Josh, at least these dragon battles had some stakes involved in them. They weren't just like aliens. But still, if they just stuck with the family stuff, I think it would have been a much stronger film for me. Yeah, but Overall, a, I thought it was an really action fun. movie. I think that's accurate. I think... But the father was terrific. Uh, when Wu, his dad, is really compelling. The only thing with that is he feels like a really canny, really intelligent villain. And like you said, sympathetic. But then you have the seed of that third act is he thinks he's hearing his late wife calling for him to rescue her from this other dimension or the afterlife, whatever. Mm -hmm. And it makes him look dumb. Right. Like it makes him look naive that he actually believes it. I wish they would have done a little bit more to show you instead of just hearing the voice, like, come help me, you know, save me, like do something to make this demon who's, who's pretending to be his wife more compelling and more, you know, like, like make it, yeah. make, make it so it doesn't feel like he's, he's stupid for falling for this. Yeah. I mean, I get that. That totally makes sense. I just felt like he was so desperate, desperately in love, desperately missing his wife that he would sure. hang on to anything. And yeah, it's tough when you're just like, this is just a creature who's playing to your emotions. Like, you know, don't be an idiot, but you know. Mm. But I mean, at least it's not, I'm mad that my wife is gone and therefore I'm going to crack open this other dimension and ruin the world or like it's not blah ha ha evil i just wish they did a you know like a little bit more or like have him say like i i know it sounds stupid but you're saying things that only she would know or something i don't know or even hint at the idea that yes he's so desperate and even he is not entirely convinced that this is going to work out but he has to hold on because he feels such regret that he wasn't there to you know, protect her right. or that it's actually his life. It's the criminal underworld going after his wife to get at him. So it's his fault. It's not anything, you know, she had to do, you know, so. Yeah, but there's also the element of like, he's not a good guy. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that that actually makes it more interesting because it's not just him feeling bad about what he's done in the past. It's that mm-hmm. he's not a good guy. I mean, like he still has to has the need to go dominate something and to win and to beat everything, which is part of the problem that he's having. And that's the part he's at odds with himself, I think. And I think that's what works, because you have on the one side, you're like, oh, this guy's a bastard and you buy it. On the other side, he feels bad about what he's doing to his kids, warring with that all the time. And then nobody thinks about what he does to his daughter at all, except for her, who's like, I'm over here. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. Shang-Chi's sister, uh, Xiling. His name we don't know. Chu Shaoling. Shaoling, yeah. Um, yeah. I'd like to apologize to any <laughs> Chinese-speaking listeners today, just to blanket. She was cool, but I felt like she was maybe a little bit underdeveloped. Yeah. I liked her. She was fun. She was as badass as Shang was. 
you know, at the end, she takes over the criminal enterprise, which this is somewhat related to what happens in the comics. Yeah, that's... She's interesting. That's in the Jean yeah. Lun Yang. They didn't really huh. give a full fare to her story. She was a way to get somewhere, and then she was along for the ride sort of sideways, and then she was there to sort of guide the friend along when they had nothing else to do. Yeah. I think there was a structural issue yeah. with the film, the constant flashbacks that are split up. Again, not as bad as the other movie we were going to talk about. Uh, I've heard this, yeah. I do think while she was underdeveloped, I thought the stuff she had to do was really fun. She was awesome with that weapon, which I don't know what it's called, but with the knife and the weight on it. Yeah. She held her own. She saved the day, you know, with the dragon. She had a lot of awesome things to do. She just, in a movie where it's called Shang-Chi and has a love interest character and a father who's really interesting, she got to probably the least amount of the four main characters. But what she had to do was very cool, and it sets her up in a really interesting place for a possible sequel. So Mm -hmm. ultimately... I liked this sort of dynamic, and I, you know, we'll see what happens here, but I like Aquafina a lot. I'm a big Aquafina fan. She does her thing here, which is mostly the same thing she does in almost every movie, but the drama she was in. But I thought she was a lot of fun, and I liked her character, even though you had to sort of suspend your disbelief that she would be good at shooting bows and arrows out of nowhere, but they gave her stuff to do, and that was fun. I liked the foursome, the sort of main character foursome. How do you like the return of Trevor? Well, that's, I was going to get to a couple of questions about possible controversial elements so and josh and i i can't remember paul you might have been as well big fans of iron man 3 i did the written review for iron man 3 back when we did, did such things and i had fun with it i don't know how i feel about it now i think it's sort of middle of the pack for me i think josh and i loved it you gave it three out of five stars in the written review paul i'm just looking okay in iron man 3 the mandarin was the villain he was a terrorist and it turned out He was not real. He was an actor playing the role. And it was a big switcheroo. The hardcore fans got super angry. I laughed my head off in the theater. Yes, I thought that was funny. I thought that was, you know, a thoughtful way of handling, hey, this is kind of a really messed up character that does not play well right now, nor should it ever. You know, let's subvert. And I thought it was an imaginative way to do that. And so at first in this film, the real Mandarin mentions that the West had co-opted him as a villain and as a terrorist. And so I thought, well, that was a funny little callback to that. And then, of course, revealed in the Mandarin's Dungeon is Trevor Slattery himself, Ben Kingsley, playing a stoned actor. I can't tell if I liked him in the movie. And I don't Mm -hmm. mean I didn't like him. I did like him, but I wasn't sure he fit. Right. He was like BB-8. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he's charming, and I, I don't know w- what he did other than translate for the headless chicken bear, right? That told them where to go. So he was he was Jar Jar, you know, to a certain extent. Like he has no real effect, yes, on the story other than a couple of plot points. But it, it's almost like, but it's 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 just levity. It's fan service too. You know, it's like, look at this thing. And it's weird that you're talking about Sir Ben fucking Kingsley. Like, what the hell is he doing there? <laughs> yeah, it's... Goofball. But, like, and, and also, I, I feel like I, I need to point it out. Like, I enjoyed this movie. And I think that what we're coming across here is nitpicking and stuff. Because... Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Not, I, don't think, no I don't think we're saying this is negative. I, I think it was... No, no, no. I know. But the point being, I don't want to hear, like, you guys didn't like the movie. I think that just the, the more that we talk about it, like, these things are coming to the fore. That stopped me from enjoying it. You know, it yeah. all it all has to do with the thing because mm-hmm. you've got kung fu. They wipe their foot around in the sand, yeah. and Michelle Yeoh is rad. And yep. you know, 
I kind of didn't care about any of that other stuff. Grab the bows and arrows and the bow sticks right. and go to war. with The big Chinese dragons flying around. I was like, I don't know if I've ever seen those animated like that. That's yeah. awesome. You know, those snake, look snake great. dragon things, they look great. And so, like all the other stuff kind of doesn't matter. But I did have those thoughts. You know, I'm watching Ben King's like, why is he here? It was interesting. I thought it was going to be a funny joke with him in the dungeon. And then I was like, right. he's still in the movie. He's still in the movie. He's still in the movie. Then they should have had Wong mm. stick around for the whole movie because he's also great. That was my other question I was going to ask you guys. So it seems like, and I might be thinking this only because I saw the Spider-Man trailer, is that now Doctor Strange is the new glue. It was Iron Man in the first wave. And now it seems like Doctor Strange is the character who shows up in other people's movies. The microcosm of that is that he is that for Peter. So that's what Tony was for Peter. And now we don't have Tony. So right. when he needs help, he goes to, to Doctor Strange. And I, that works. And I like that Wong has a prominent mm-hmm. role and, and a serious role. He's funny, but he's also, he's, he's Wong. He's, he means business. He's, mm-hmm. he's, he's significant. Yeah. He's, He's yes. uh, formidable. He's those things. I don't know why he's fighting in an underground why fighting not? tournament. He's Wong. He's got to keep his skills sharp. Sure. Yeah. An underground I, I fighting tournament that involved okay. Abomination and involved a Black Widow, involved some other character that was in there. But it was, it was like one of those like Easter eggy kind of things as they walked through all the fights that were happening. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was funny. I thought it was funny that he and Abomination were kind of like not rigging the fight, but they were buddies who fought at this fight club and then left together at the end. It's like wrestlers, you know, they hang out. It's also like the real abomination like as opposed MMA. to the abomination we saw in the Hulk movie. Like this was like... Yeah, the wiggly fish ears. Fish ears, everything. Yeah. But I thought it was he was great. I thought the ending when he showed up at the end was terrific when he stole the drink. I just think he's a great character. Obviously Wong's a great character. Great character, great actor, Benedict Wong. He gets to be in more because his name is the same as his character's name. <laughs> and that gets you extra points in Kevin Feige's world. Yes, it does. Because he knows he never has to worry about being in character because he is Wong. I thought the button joke on the movie was very funny. It played into what we talked about. Shang-Chi's sort of affable humor was like, we could study Mm -hmm. or... And then smash cut to them all drunk singing Hotel California at the uh, karaoke. That was a very funny That's fun. Yeah, I like that. To move back into the... When we talked about Black Widow, I think one of the things that I did not like that movie is that I felt underwhelmed by the action sequences. Mm -hmm. And throughout this movie... Um, from the Muni scene to the, oh to my the God, scene the bus outside fight. of the building to the big fight, I thought, this is what I was talking about, that I wanted that next over-the-top thing. Now, they got the geography of San Francisco completely backwards in a Die Hard 3 kind of way, but I don't have a problem with that. Because like, I, knew, I knew exactly where they were, and I was like, no, no, that's, they're, no, no, they're moving all over the place. Do the Ant-Man movies do it any better? Yeah, they did a little bit. And the one that does it best is uh, the Planet of the Apes movies. I think two. I thought you were going to say Bullet. is the one. Well, Bullet might do it. Okay. Oh, okay. But, uh, a lot of people talk about the bus fight. The bus fight is truly a uh, spectacle. Yeah. Tons of fun. It's great, great set piece. It's, it's suspenseful and action-packed, but also funny. <laughs> and she's driving the bus like Kramer. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm driving the bus. <laughs> and I love bringing back uh, Do a Flip Guy. Here's my headcanon for that, is that he was, of course, living uh, in New York, uh, in Spider-Man's neighborhood, and then the blip happened, and then he comes back from the blip, someone is living in his apartment. Right. He has lost his home. And so he's like, well, I'm going to go crash with my buddy in San Francisco, and then this happens. Sure. He's on the bus. He's live streaming as he does. He moves from what is probably the most expensive place to the one place that's more, more expensive and, and clearly <laughs> yep. has no life skills. 
<laughs> Maybe he does. I don't know. I'm anybody who says it's your boy, I think, has no life skills. That's my yeah. thought. <laughs> That's well, one of my favorite lines in the movie is uh, every time I try to drive a bus, people yell at me. <laughs> so, I mean, it's worth talking about. This is well, it's hard to say what things are. Was well, Black Widow was you know it was a prequel, so it wasn't really. The, I guess it was the kickoff of the next iteration of Marvel movies. For Elena. Well, it ended with whatever that scene with Elaine was. You know, the first film started with Iron Man, ended with Endgame. It was a cohesive piece to the, for the most part. It was heading into one direction. And what I'm taking from Black Widow and this movie and Eternals is I don't know what the hell Marvel's doing. I'm not in a, not in a bad way. Just like remember, Far From Home is where they started, is the start of this phase. But then you, And then you also have the TV shows. The Disney Plus shows. Yeah, but I don't think those are probably going to tie in as much to the films in terms of well, the I mean, overall well, plot. Well, I mean, the Julia Louis-Dreyfus thing. She's in That's the true. in the That's cap true. And, and so uh, is Kang. So I guess you're right. Falcon and Winter Soldier. seeing the comic bookification of the movies, which is, you know, the first one was basically, here's a, a long event where it's all sort of one big story with some little trees to explain who the people are. And this feels like branching out, uh, to use the tree metaphor again in a different way. But, you know, like... They're not going to do it necessarily because they want them all tied together. But, you know, does Shang-Chi become an Avenger? Does that have to be a thing? Or does he just have a side, you know, world where he lives out of? And then the, the Eternals are over here. And I mean, I mean, to be fair, I think that their real, real challenge, and certainly this is the case for me, is that it all feels a little less important than it did. Yes. There's so much now that it's hard for it to feel special. You can't get excited about every comic book movie when there's two a week. And then there's shows on top of it. And there's 15 Marvel shows, yeah. 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 No, I think now it's you find your corner yeah, that you like. There's something for everybody. So, that's so much less. You know what I mean? Like, in order to try to wring mm-hmm. every single thing they can out of the properties, they've they've split it into segments. And for a little bit, we had this thing that, it, you know, the I don't know about the majority, but a huge part of the culture was engaged in the one thing, and now it's going to split off into fragments like every other thing in the world, and that feels like a bit of a loss. Yeah, and also like it was a strange, and it, it didn't always work well, but it was a strange, super cohesive, what, seven or eight year story being told through all these movies, and it wasn't always exactly, you know, progressing, but it was it would eventually get back to the point where it was always heading towards Thanos. It was always heading towards Thanos, and now it's like. And what are we? I'm, I'm not saying they're doing anything. I'm just saying I'm very no, curious to see. It's hard. What the story that they're going to be telling, and what is this new overarching story that, that will span thirty films? Well, we got multiverse stuff. I think maybe Kang is a node that they can sort of they're, they're fanning out now, but then maybe you know That's come back very in. Confusing for your average viewer. A lot of the stuff that we've seen them do has been confusing for the average yeah. viewer. and But now I think we're seeing things that maybe we're stretching that, just, you know, like is the Eternals a step too far for most people the way that we thought Guardians might be, but wasn't. I think that what it is, is you can just, you could rely on everything being big for a while because it was the first time and they got to shoot off all their big guns that people mostly recognized. And now as we're we're getting yeah, some cultural out, awareness of and it's getting to be a little more like comic book miniseries now where there's gonna be some people who are never gonna look at it and there's gonna be some who are really excited about it mm-hmm. and it just doesn't have the big impact. We're out in the, the leagues who don't all quite make the playoffs. It's another metaphor. I'll come at you with metaphors. I, 
I don't. Yeah, no, it's not even criticism. I just and I don't know. I don't think it's possible yeah. for them to repeat what they did. And if they're trying right. to, that that might be That's a mistake because it just. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless, you know, I think that there has to be a line of Avengers through the middle of it that are the big deal and the others are satellites to that. But we don't have that yet. Well, it looks like we're headed towards maybe Young Avengers. That's not the same thing as what I said, though. That's Young Avengers, which is another sort of little bit of it. I'm saying I think that, like, it's just like the JLA or the Avengers should be in a sort of comic book line, that should be the place where the important things happen and the people get together. And right now, that does mm-hmm. not exist. So everybody now, we knew before that they were all getting together, and we had we had Avengers in what, 11? 2011, after Iron Man was eight. Yep. And so we got a glimpse of that. Mm-hmm. And so then we knew everything was headed towards a thing with that part. And we do not have a central Marvel movie place right now. We don't know what's going to happen. God, it was 11 years between, the, between Iron Man and Endgame. Yeah. So, again, none of it's criticism. I don't yeah. know what it is, though, and I have a hard time latching on to it. I don't have nearly the excitement because they've seen it now, and they'd have to do better than that to impress me, and that's a tall order. And obviously they're going to put their all into it, but we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, it's certainly But I liked this. This was really fun. Uh, this was a I, lot of fun. I think if you're going to do a... a I mean, honestly, Shang-Chi's a C character in the Marvel Universe. Like, let him go have fun. Stay, mm-hmm. Play in the genre that you've gone to. You know, and, and that's what they did. Mm-hmm. And I like, they just leaned into this thing. And they had, I thought that they avoided stereotypes and tropes, you know, that, that are super familiar. You know, while also leaning into the things that you do expect from this genre. Like it was, I think it was a nice combination of those things. I believed that this took place in the MCU world. That's key. I yes. think some of the other movies you don't really feel like that, you know. And and you see, oh, this guy could. I could see how this guy could team up with Spider Man. I could see how, you know, they could come sure. through town and they would have an adventure together, and that would be fun. And I want to see it because he's a lot of fun. Yes, the actor's great, and the character's he's got a lot exactly of fun. And I want to see the right charisma. I want to see him have his adventures, but I also want him to pop up in whatever form mm-hmm. the next Avengers team takes. Yeah, so I think that's sort of it. Is if. There's any like main criticism I have of it. It's just the fact that it's going backwards to an origin movie. And the MCU movies that I've enjoyed, it's not necessarily the big centerpiece stuff like Endgame. It's the stuff like Thor Ragnarok where it's like a little team up. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Winter Soldier. You know, it's like it's a miniature version of the Avengers. Mm-hmm. So I would like to see like let's let's see Shang-Chi and I don't know who like like the Hulk or something. I'd like to see Shang Chi and Ant Man. They're both that's in San cool. Francisco. They're both yeah. yeah they're they hanging out. That's, a, that's yeah. That's a good poll. That's yeah. The Smugglers Cove together. So yeah, I think overall the three of us are in agreement. Incredibly fun. Incredibly fun. Charming. Not great, but fun. Yeah. And yeah. good and solid, and a nice tonic. I wish the world were different for very many reasons. One of the minor ones is I wish I'd seen this in the theaters. Sure. With a lot of people, but. You know, so this is the first ever MCU movie I did not see in a theater. I think me too. Of all the movies that have come. I think that's correct. It's very strange. I saw Black Widow in yeah. the theater. Did you? Yeah. Oh, okay. I saw the premiere. Right. That's right. You did. That was fraud. It was in that, that wonderful time between vaccines and Delta. It was right. like that three-week period, <laughs> that thread of the needle. Yeah. I don't know if you guys know this. I love animals. Yes, I do. I loved all the 
the oh, wonderful, yeah. fantastical creatures in this movie. That I think that was awesome. You know, it's it's interesting, Connor, because you had mentioned like at the end is all CGI animals. I was like, those CGI animals are awesome. Like that whole yeah. world was exactly what it should have been with the creatures walking around. And it didn't, you know, game it out. It doesn't really make sense, but I didn't care. Like it was, you know, it's all those sort of, oh, I've seen still drawings of those forever, you know, but they existed yeah. and they had little personalities. And, and you know, the, the CGI on this was actually really good, I thought. I love the food dogs or Shishi. There's a bunch of different names for them, but the big lion dogs. Mm-hmm. And I loved the dragon stuff. It was choreographed really well. It was really interesting. I loved the Chinese dragon. I didn't love the creature dragon. Yeah. That was what I think got me the most and made me think about it the most. It felt like one of those Shazam creatures, like just kind of brown, just like a lot of limbs and no personality. Whereas the other dragon was interesting and different and personality. So when the first one came out, I was like, oh, we're just going to do another big brown CG monster I did think that here. because and also like that had not been the villain for the whole time so it's not lo- like yes I was hoping there was a person back there not not like it a, was the equivalent of the galactics cloud or yeah yeah just some random monster but I can't wait to talk about the Eternals well it's like it's it's like it's supposed to be like a Cthulhu thing <laughs> yeah. like it like it's yeah. I wish it had some personality I wish it was like thin thing it's back turned there. up what what is this thing called it's the um but the thing is there's also a billion things Dweller in Darkness is the thing we're There's talking about. There's a billion about. things in the Marvel Universe that they could have called that, and it would have lent it more, I mean, at least to us, you know, whether it's, you know, the Shu Lao dragon or one of, I guess, you know, they may as yeah. well just, they may as well just uh, cannibalize Iron Fist at, at this point and put a bunch of this stuff in here, you know, because they've got, it's got a great, you know, that, that place, I, the whole time I was like, that's Kun Lun. I mean, who are we kidding? <laughs> this is Kun Lun. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's Ta Lo here, and then the monster is the Dweller in Darkness. It's popped up in Doctor Strange comics mostly, and it's like it's got like the Cthulhu like tentacle mouth thing. I just wish the design was better. I wish it just just it's, didn't yeah, go I, I, brown like brown like or you know just give it some color, give it some personality. I think you know I mean, you can do whatever you want. One of the characters should have been the antagonist. That's, like the, yeah, well, the that's, final that's fight the at the end. You know, is with a dragon that we don't, or creature that we don't really know anything about or give a shit about. When you had all this other drama that was going on at the same time, and you got to see everybody work together and whatever, and he fought his father, but ultimately the father wasn't the threat. You know, the, he the, he was working towards for the threat actually to a certain extent. Um, maybe that's what was incongruous about it. I will say I laughed at the Trevor Death fake out. <laughs> Listen, he's in the movie. He's funny. Yes. He sounds like a drunk beetle. There was no millisecond where I thought that he was actually dead. <laughs> no, I did. I thought it. I was like, he's faking it. <laughs> I thought they were going to make me feel sad about Trevor, but nah, he was the dead. movie was just silly enough that you that wouldn't have fit right. in, which is good. Well, people did die, that, you I know, know, but nobody gave a shit about. Oh, I love that guy who was like, "Don't die," the archery teacher yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. I, he was cool. I was like, "No, I don't didn't he die?" Think, he does die. I don't yeah. think you can kill the comic relief character. I don't think that works hmm. i mean they killed an ewok that one time in turn of the jedi most of us never got over it. and you're still scarred by right that. exactly that's oh god see <laughs> right. can't, thanks for can't bringing that but the one time they did is with colson right that was a huge mistake they did so then they, they brought him back as a fucking they knew it was a mistake but then that was also a mistake. they doubled down on their mistake yeah. but that's not canonical to the movies <laughs> that's that comic book feeling that they're looking for by the way I mean, none of this makes sense. That's correct. 
Shang-Chi and Legend. <laughs> I'm actually wearing that t-shirt right now. Shang-Chi and Legend of the Ten Rings. Let's do ratings in Paul's favorite is, segment. The, the ratings. Other thing I was thinking of, though, what is the Legend of the Ten Rings? Because I don't feel like that was addressed. Uh, a little bit in the beginning. It was the dad's just a legend, bit. not the rings. It was a little bit about the rings themselves. Just It was very, very quick. Ratings. 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 Out of five stars, I'm giving it a... Wow. Three and a half. I'm saying three and a half. That's what I'm saying. That's what I had in my head. Three and a half rings out of ten. Or f- out of five, sorry. Not ten. 3.75. It sounds okay. better yeah. if you say seven rings out of ten. That seems like a better grade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we're looking forward to more of Shang-Chi's adventures. We liked the character and the movie, and so we're looking forward to more. In the meantime, you can go to ifanboy.com. You'll find a lot of other shows, including Josh and I talking about the Eternals movie. And you can find our regular weekly Pick of the Week show. And you can find 100 other special edition shows coming out around this time of year, including Paul and I talking about animated movies and sometimes other mm-hmm. things. So it's all there at fanboy.com. We do thank you for listening. And we'll be back next time. And my name is Connor. I'm Paul. I would like Aquafina to have her Dwayne Johnson moment because it's a water brand and I feel uncomfortable saying it. <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I think if she was ever going to do it, it well, was... Her TV show is called Nora from Queens. Grandma's dying. It's called Aquafina's Nora from Queens. They call her Nora on the show. Well, I guess that's not going anywhere. It's a very funny show. Goodbye. And in the master's chambers, they gathered for the feast. They stab it with their stealing eyes, but they just can't kill the beast.